0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Politicus. Thanks for joining us. My name is Angela Samos, and I'm here with my co-host, Denise Borges. How are you, Denise?
1: I'm great, Angela. How are you?
0: I am good, good. We are recording this just before the Christmas break, so hope every, by the time everybody hears this, it'll be after Christmas, so I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. But I'll turn it over to you, Denise, to introduce uh, today's guest.
1: Well, today's guest is uh, someone I've known for a long time, and the uh, uh, Portuguese-American world has known also for a very long time. Not that he's older, but he has started very young in politics, and that is uh, Representative Antonio, Tony Cabral from Massachusetts, State Representative uh, Antonio Cabral, who is uh, originally from the Islands of the Azores, and that's actually where I would like to start. So, Representative Cabral, could you tell us a little bit of your background, where you came from, how you ended up in Massachusetts, and what basically drove you into public service?
2: Well, thank you, Denise. It's always nice to talk to you. Uh, yes, we know each other for a long time. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, as you said, yeah, I come. I was actually born uh, still in the Azores, on the island of Pico, in particular in the Villa de Madalena, so at Madalena area of, of Pico. Uh, I immigrated with my parents so at the age of fourteen. They decided to come into this adventure, this beautiful country, which I think was a great decision on their part. Initially, I found myself with my parents in Bristol, Rhode Island. That's where my aunt, uh, the petitioned for my dad, lived at the time. And I did high school, I finished high school there. And then I, when I went on to college, I moved to Massachusetts. That's when I first moved to Massachusetts. And uh, I've lived in Massachusetts ever since. In college, uh, I was already, you know, a little... Active, uh, politically active on a number of things at the, the campus. Uh, at the time, was today is called UMass Dartmouth, but in those days it was called Southeastern Massachusetts University. And, uh, and from there, and you know, I got involved in a number of other local campaigns. And then uh, the big, really urge, and uh, well, it really got got me thinking about it was um, I got involved uh, with Michael Lukakis at the time, the campaign for for. governor of Massachusetts. He had initially served four years and lost, and he came back. He ran again in 82. That's when I got involved in his campaign. I was the coordinator for southeastern Massachusetts. Uh, I must say paid coordinator because uh, I was not just a volunteer, but actually someone who, at that point, had some uh, political organizing skills. uh, And from there, that was sort of the the really heavy involvement uh, uh, and then I was involved also in his presidential campaign in 1988. And then I, I, in the meantime, I was teaching. I'm, I'm a teacher by a profession, uh, high school and middle school, junior high in the old days. I used to call it junior high. Now it's everything's middle school. But primarily high school uh, that I taught. And, you know, uh, I figured at some point uh, in order to really have a bigger impact, uh, try to influence those, my community, and those around me, and my society. I needed to take the next step. Was actually not only work and get other people elected, but also get elected myself, and and then I get involved. And that's what I did. Uh,
1: one thing, Representative Cabral, tell us a little bit. Uh, as our podcast is a national podcast, yes, so tell us a little bit about your, your the 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 area that you represent. Is it a heavily Portuguese American area? Of course.
2: Well, I, I my, my district is in the city of New Bedford. Uh, we get, there are, in the Massachusetts House of Representatives, there are 160 of us. The districts are, are equal by population. Every 10 years, just like the federal uh, districts, just like any other part of the country, every 10 years, our districts get re- redrawn based on the census. And right now, the state of Massachusetts is about 6.6, 6.7 million people. Uh, so, uh, I'm one of one of 160 is a pretty exclusive. Uh, if we would call it a club, it would be a pretty exclusive club. Uh, but I think it's it's a great opportunity. I mean, I, in my area, obviously, has a large Portuguese American community. Uh, when I first ran and got elected, you uh, needed to create um, create bridges to other to other ethnic groups, to other folks who live in the district. You could not get elected just solely on, on, on the Portuguese American vote, but obviously it was the case then and it is the case today. Uh, the Portuguese American community is an important block of voters, an important block of support that I have. It gives me a great base to begin with and to be able to uh, to initially get elected and to keep getting reelected.
1: What are some of the issues, Representative Cabral, that um, affect the community or, in in this case, your particular district? What are some of the major issues? or Are they compa- compatible, let's say, or comparable, that is, with other issues that, you know, we all have throughout the United States, better education, etc.?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I usually get asked uh, from time to time by, by local reporters or, or state or reporters that cover the state because my district has a very large Portuguese-American community, what are the wishes, what are the goals, what what does the Portuguese-Americans really want and talk to you about? And and my answer is always their their needs and their objectives and their values are the same by and large for the rest of my district and uh, the rest of the state and by and large a great deal of the country. I mean, they want good education for their kids. They want a good Good paying job. They want they want uh, good secure secure in terms of public safety. Their community, their neighborhoods, to be safe, uh, and they want to be able to 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 their case, do better than they have done. So I think those are the the broad sense. Of course, there are nuances of mm-hmm. needs and, and 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 values and and goals. But I think the, the broad goals and the broad concerns are, are pretty similar to everybody else. So I think it's easy to make those kinds of connections
1: across ethnicities, across different people in different communities in the district. And um, as you said, you were born in the Azores uh, and have this connection to the Azores, to the Mm -hmm. islands and to mainland Portugal. One of the, programs that has been in effect in the last few years, especially, has been the legislative dialogues that uh, FLAT has put forth, and I know you've participated in all of them. I know you're one of the big supporter, and your presence at these dialogues is very important. Uh, I'd like you to get a little bit of your senses on how these exchanges are important to both the community and to both Portugal, and how can they be beneficial to both of us in your perspective? Well, I think those uh, those legislative dialogues uh, in large, I think, are very important. It creates an opportunity for
2: those of us here in the U.S., uh, be Massachusetts, be in California, or other, other states in the country, or, rather than or other or others, to really begin to have a, a serious dialogue uh, about with folks on the other side, in, in this case in Portugal, elected officials, community leaders, foundation leaders, organizational leaders overall. Uh, to really get to know each other, not just about talk about issues, but also develop, as you know, in politics, as it is in most things in life, uh, it's all about creating uh, friendships and creating uh, a network, uh, not just based on issues, but on getting to know people. When you get to know someone directly, it's uh, very different. So you create those kinds of connections and uh, and that allows us uh, then to get into the issues uh and and you know really get to know what's going on on each side of uh, of of the atlantic if you will i mean uh, it's important for them to understand uh, us here uh, and it's important for us to understand them there i think having that kind of interaction i think it, it makes uh, us stronger here it makes us also have the ability to to help uh, portugal and the azores overall uh, as you know, uh, in D.C. or any other state capital in the United States, uh, if you have folks who understand and can can guide people and advise people, that's how things get done. And, and that's how the Portuguese-American community is going to be stronger and more influential. It's a way of empowering uh, the community at the same time. So, uh, as you said, I was involved from the very beginning and actually encouraged FLA to take a more active role on that. The very first one we had actually was in D.C. At the time, the the Portuguese Embassy also participated. Uh, And then I think Flood did the right thing. Uh, In order to get to know elected officials and community leaders and and foundation and organizational leaders in Portugal, it's got to be there. I think it makes sense. Once in a while, we got to get together here as well. And I think we are working on that. Uh, I think you guys have done that in California. We've done uh, several times here on the East Coast, and hopefully we can do one that brings all of us in the U.S. together as well, along with some folks in Portugal.
1: That's how you really build and empower the community. And as you also mentioned, the community has changed immensely, as you know, uh, being part of the Portuguese-American community for all these years, having immigrated from uh, the Azores at the age of 14. The the community itself, are we as a community in Massachusetts and Rhode Island the States that you know? very well. Is the community a little bit more active politically than they were, let's say, 25, 30 years ago in your perspective?
2: Absolutely. I'm not going to say a little, more, much, a lot more uh, than they were 20, 25 years ago. Today, the community really uh, is beginning to understand how important it is to to get involved where you reside, where you live, and and influence the day-to-day livelihood, the day-to-day uh, things that can happen in your community, in your state. And and I think uh, the community has grown that way tremendously versus what it was 25 years ago. And I think there's still some work to be done. Is there still more more growth to be done in that area, more involvement? Yes, of course. There's always more. Uh, But I think we are at a position, I think the community is at a place, that it's only going to grow that influence, we know how to do. I mean, we know how to organize. Why can't we do not know how to organize politically or or get uh, what, what we call these very civic engagement? I mean, who who does the best, fastest in, in my area? It's, it's the Portuguese community, right? right? Who does the the big Saint Festas or Nossa or or whatever? So we know how to organize things. We know how to put things together. So we just have to trans- those are transferable skills. Uh, to the field of of of, you know, of public life and public involvement and civic engagement uh, beyond our own uh, our own community organizations, uh, the skills are there. It's just a way to we need to transfer them, and they are transferable. And, and I think that's happening more and more. And I, I think that's that's
1: great. You know? one other aspect as uh, as you mentioned in Massachusetts, and I, and I saw that when we were uh, at the legislative dialogues in uh, in Lisbon uh, in this uh, past spring. Theme large representation of Portuguese Americans in the Massachusetts State House and the Massachusetts Senate. One thing that we do not have had, or if we have uh, not in the recent past, is a Portuguese American in Congress from Massachusetts. Why is that well, in your perspective?
2: We, well, we haven't had that, and uh, but I don't think uh, that means we'll never have. I think we will in the future. I think uh, politics here are complex in the East Coast, in particular, in New England in particular, uh, it's, you know, when you ask someone, um, what's your nationality, right, their first reaction is not, I'm American, right, I'm Portuguese, or I'm Irish, or I'm Polish, uh, and all of that translates into the political activity, uh, so the, the also the, uh, the Democratic Party, in this case my party that I belong to, the State Democratic Committee, which I'm a member of, has been influenced uh, a great deal, and there's done a lot of work with the larger ethnic groups that are here, like the Irish-Americans. Um, but I think that's changing as well. I mean, and then so it becomes a little more complex. And uh, it's more, um, you know, the, the politics um, sometimes, uh, as people sometimes don't want to believe, that they can get very, um, very community oriented or very, very ethnic oriented in that sense, you know. So you, sometimes you have to overcome and build bridges. And that's what I've always done uh, at my level, at the state level. So I think at the congressional level, um, the community I think it's it's moving in that direction, and I think the community by itself cannot just like in California, right? You yeah. can't elect like con- just the Portuguese American community cannot be just the only ones electing. You got to build bridges, and you got to have other folks uh, be supportive. And, and 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 how how sometimes how does that happen? It's by knowing you, by knowing that, well, feeling comfortable, feeling saying about well, these folks this. I mean, this person has the same ideals as I have, the same values, even though they might sound a little different, they might look a little different. And so you have to make people feel that they can feel comfortable that you're going to represent what is, you know, the issues that are are important for all of us. You're not going to be taking sides,
1: per se. So the only way a Portuguese American could ever get elected to uh, Congress in Massachusetts, much like California, is to build coalitions with other ethnic groups.
2: Yeah, you got to build coalitions, absolutely. But also, in Massachusetts being smaller the, you know, in terms of the number of congressional seats, redistricting is very important, as it is in California and only other places we know in the country, right? Correct. Uh, why does right. uh, the Congress, the makeup of Congress, is what it is, because of the redistricting that takes place every ten years in the, in, the, in each state, and that is not controlled by Congress. That's controlled by the state legislatures. And that's why it's also important to elect more folks from the, from the community to the state legislature because it is the state legislature that makes the districts, creates the districts, redraws the districts. Right. At least right. that's how it is in Massachusetts. I know some states have tried this so-called independent commission. Um, the Constitution in Massachusetts in most states gives that responsibility to the state legislature. Right. And I think that's where it belongs. And that's where we have to play aggressive politics, right? Right. Uh, because uh, in this case, for some of the case of Massachusetts, we could easily, could easily draw a district that would be, a Portuguese American would be, you know, probably the favorite. Doesn't mean he or she is going to win, but would be from day one the favorite in that district. And that would be a district that would include all of Fall River, all of New Bedford, all of Taunton, and some of the surrounding communities, part of Cape Cod. Uh, And that's possible, but that's only possible if we have enough influence in the legislature when the redistricting comes up every 10 years. So it's important also to build the grassroots, to build the farm team, if you will, at the local and state level, then that will then translate into, into results at the congressional level.
1: As you mentioned that we have to build bridges with other ethnic groups, one question. Do you think that there's been, especially in the last 20 or 25 years, uh, that you've been heavily involved in in the political world in Massachusetts and uh, a student uh, of of, uh, the political world in general throughout the United States and Portugal itself, do you think there's been a little bit too much focus on what is now known as identity politics?
2: Well, I mean, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending how you look at it, right. um, a lot of politics, especially uh, in New England, the Northeast in particular, I mean that plays a role, if you like it or not, right? Mm-hmm. And in other parts of the country as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it's much more natural for me to support something or someone that I know, at least has some of my same values. I understand that person because of who or she might be and their background might be, that's, that's, that's okay. I mean, that's uh, sort of what human beings do, right? Uh, so uh, I think that you cannot eliminate that, that part of politics. But I think what's important is, is to realize that uh, that you've got to continue to build those coalitions and build uh, those bridges, as I say. Uh, and I think uh, We've been successful. I mean, I think the, the Portuguese American candidates, by and large, in my area, have been uh, somewhat successful. In my case, I can tell you that I've been building coalitions from day one, because I I know, and I, even today, in order to win elections, that's what you've got to do. I mean, I've been very fortunate that way. I've been able to build great uh, coalitions. Uh, I have great support in many other communities besides my own community of uh, which is American community, and but it requires uh, involvement. Requires getting to know them as well, getting to know their traditions, Correct. their culture, their uh, their their. I mean, I, I that's it's not. It can't be just uh, pretending to to know or pretending to understand and pretending to you know. You gotta get involved,
1: right? And really, when you go to you know understand that culture, it's important. Well, uh, Representative Cabral, um, thank you very much, first of all, for spending this time with us. I know it's a hectic time of the year. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for your leadership in the Portuguese-American community. And we try to end these podcasts with a call to action uh, from our guests who are Portuguese-American community, whether they are in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, throughout the East Coast of the United States, the West Coast, or even... In some parts, in between, where well, we do have uh, communities here and there. As someone who's been involved in public service, uh, just about you know, a great part of your life, and someone who's contributed immensely to the community, various organizations, and schools, etc. What would be, first of all, uh, some kind of an advice to our younger Portuguese Americans to get involved in the political world, and uh, basically, what would be a call to action that you'd like to see? From younger Portuguese Americans, and not just younger Portuguese Americans, all of us of various generations, whether we're immigrants, second, third, fourth generation, uh, what should we do as a next step to even have a larger presence in the Portu- in the political process in these states uh, in this great country of ours?
2: I think uh, it's, it's it's basic. I think it's by getting involved at, initially it's your local. At the local level. I mean, it's uh, be around uh, education, uh, be, uh, the school committee, the school board, and whatever terminology is used in the part of the country, and, you know, and, and getting involved in your community. And I think one thing we need to do, uh, I must tell you, is, is our own organizations within the Portuguese American community need young people to get involved. You know, they need, uh, you, we need to do leadership building. We need to do, to grow leadership in our community. In some cases, some of our organizations are having tremendous challenges because not enough young people are involved and you know and that can be a training ground a training ground how to run a meeting how to do minutes of a meeting how to make motions you know those sort of technical my some technical things and there are other communities that do that extremely well I usually use the, the Jewish American community in my area they, they run specific programs to create what they call the leadership building within each one of the, the Jewish American communities they literally go in and they train uh Board of directors, they train volunteers uh, to how to how to get civically engaged, how to run an organization, how to lead, how to get involved. Uh, and I think we need more from our young people how do we how do we get them involved? Uh, that's always been one of the big mysteries, right? right. Uh, but I think that I think uh, the more today uh, when I look at it at least today. There's a lot of promise, I must say, uh, because today, uh, most of the young people that I come across that are Portuguese Americans are extremely proud of who they are. They are extremely proud of their roots, of their parents, of their background. Uh, they are proud Americans at the same time, but they realize that it's okay to be proud of who you are. I mean, self-esteem is, is a, a tremendous motivator, right? And I think... Uh, As it was opposed to 20, 25 years ago, sometimes people used to shy away a little bit. I want to blend, just blend in. It's okay to be different. I mean, uh, because really uh, we are a multicultural nation, um, and that's what makes us really strong as as a nation. That's what makes us different from any other country in the world. And I think our youth, our young people are beginning to really realize that. It's just uh, how do we hook them in uh, and how we get them to, to become active participants rather than just... It, I think the, the process started by being proud of who they are uh, and being proud... Because, you know, also the a lot of them realize that Portugal is also a different place, the place of their parents or grand, of grandparents, right? It's it, The country has transformed itself as well, and that that's a sense of pride. You can see that. Uh, sometimes... Uh, Whenever we have the World Cup, as I'm sure you have experienced in California as well and other parts of the country, uh, you have uh, young people already born here, sometimes second generation. And if you remember when the, the national team from Portugal and the national team from the U.S. played play against each other on a few World Cups, a couple of World Cups ago, and they were torn. Which one are they? Which one they really gonna? but uh, I really support. It shows that uh, they have grown as well in that sense, that it's, they are proud of who they are, they are proud of being great Americans. And uh, and they also like uh, things that are Portuguese, including the national team. It becomes a sense of pride for them. Uh, and I think uh, that will translate into tremendous uh, positive um, engagement
1: going forward. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, this has been a great conversation, especially I really enjoyed the term that you kind of uh, came up with, which is we, we are great organizing festers. Now we have to take this organization to the public sphere. And I think that is uh, really telling. I think it's important. Uh, thank you again so much for your time. Thank you for uh, your service uh, to, this, uh, to the state of Massachusetts, to the Portuguese-American community, and to the United States in general. And we hope to, that maybe when that Portuguese-American gets elected to Congress from uh, Massachusetts, it's an immigrant Tony Cabral. <laughs> well, uh,
2: thank you very much. Uh, it would be a tremendous honor if that could, could happen. But, you know, uh, I think uh, as long as we work together, uh, I think that will happen. Be, be Tony Cabral or some or somewhere else. I think it's going to happen. It's, uh, it's, it's a matter of time. And I'm hoping that California likes even more. I mean, California has been a leader in that area, and, uh, and we hope that... Um, that they continue to do that and the, the community continues to support those individuals as
1: well you know indeed again thank you so much and uh, best of luck to you always it's always a pleasure talking to you and take care my friend
2: well thank you very much uh, Denise. Uh, hopefully we'll see each other soon uh, i hope you uh, continue to participate in those dialogues as well i think the next one is going to be this next april 2018 uh, and uh, hopefully we come across being the East Coast or, or the West Coast, because I think uh, you and an individual like you as well have done tremendous work. And I know that. I'm not just saying for saying I know. You've done tremendous work to really get this community at the point that we can maximize our our skills, our I mean our uh, our know-how. I mean, as I said earlier and you and you mentioned that. Uh, sometimes I ask and they say, Well, I don't know how to do that. I've never been involved in politics. As well you know how to organize this or that i've never seen anybody organize if he's better than you right so it's very similar it's just uh, you know a different it's a different issue but the, the, the skills are very similar so and i think you also have done tremendous work there
1: and uh, we appreciate that well thank Thanks you very much you as well. thank you thank you so much on behalf of Falcus again yep. thank you for participating appreciate
0: it yep thank you both your time today and thanks everybody who who are out there listening uh thanks for joining us and and dedicating some of your day uh to politicus if you haven't hit subscribe yet please hit that subscribe button and share the episode uh and share the whole the whole podcast channel with friends and family and please do leave us a review on itunes that will help others uh, find us on itunes and with that we thank you again for your time and happy new year And until next time, have a great day.
2: Thank you, Angela, and thank you to Palkus. Great work.
0: Thank you for listening to Politicus, the official podcast of Palkus, the Portuguese-American Leadership Council of the United States. Palkus is the premier national organization representing the interests of the Portuguese-American community at large. To learn more about Palkus and how to become a member or to make a donation, visit www.palkus.org. To submit feedback or suggestions about the podcast, email us at palkis at palkis.org. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of the show are not endorsed by Palkis.